everybody this morning? Y'all looking good? One of the things I noticed about July is that it's harder than normal. Make a guy want to stay out of hell, right? I mean, that's why we come to church. You don't want to go to hell. Um, you can say that in church, in that context. <laughs> so, glad you're here today. What a, what a privilege it is to worship God with you this morning. Thanks for, for being here. It's always a pleasure and a, a, really a gift to be able to do church with you. One of the things, the reasons for church is so that we can hear from God. The greatest gift that God, one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is his presence. And when we get into in his presence, then we're able to hear from God's voice. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest, um, it's one of the things that probably we have not really talked about enough is how to hear God's voice. And so last week, you remember, we talked about about muting God's voice, and sometimes there's a lot of voices talking to us, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of phone business going on these days. You know, it's like, it's, we're like, we're, we're either on the phone or on the phone, <laughs> and uh, it, it just, there's just a lot going on, and, and there, our world would try to tell us what we, what they think we should do. Uh, a lot of our friends tell us what they think we can do. And I can tell you this, that, that if, you, um, if you don't run your own life, somebody else will be happy to run it for you. There'll be somebody out there just like, oh, I can tell you what to do if, if you're just like into it, you know. So uh, I want to talk about uh, hearing God's voice this morning. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to ourselves is to position ourselves in the presence of God so that we can hear God's voice. And by the way, that's what you did this morning when you got up out of bed. You was like, go hear from God. And uh, uh, I'm not God, but he'll talk to you. Amen. How many knows God still talks? Sometimes he speaks through people. Sometimes he speaks to us individually. But I want to talk to you about this morning about the ways that God talks to you and and knowing and hearing God's voice, to know that it's God talking and to be able to hear God's voice. Uh, it's one of the greatest gifts that we'll have. I just want to know this morning that if you ever thought that you heard God speak to you and you did what you thought God said, and then, like, hindsight's twenty twenty, and that, but like at the end of the deal, it's like that was not God. <laughs> Anybody ever did that? It made me feel better. Yeah, yeah, like you, you thought you heard, but you didn't really hear, and you're like, well, I, I'm here to do what God wants me to do. And you, when I was in, uh, when I graduated from high school, I threw a series of. I'd love to go into more detail, but through a series of events, I, I felt God's call into the ministry. I felt pretty clear that that's what he wanted me to do. I didn't know what, it, what all of that looked like. How many knows that sometimes God speaks to us uh, one step of, at a time? He doesn't always give us the full picture. And uh, I'm like, why, why? Why can't we just see all, all it? But we have to trust God along the way, amen? That's where faith kicks in. So I decided that because everybody else went to Bible college that went into ministry, I felt like I had to go to Bible college. And the only problem is I didn't have any money. And so I had a nice calf, calf roping horse and it seemed like I always wind up with the horse deals. So I sold my horse and I went to Bethany Bible College in Santa Cruz, California, one of the uh, most miserable times of my life, <laughs> if I could just put it that way, bluntly. Uh, I, at hindsight, I just knew that I couldn't, I just didn't like it at all, and I wasn't mature enough to really handle it. I, it, it wasn't really the way that, that, that it just wasn't right. So at the end of the deal, and even even in getting this message this morning for y'all, I thought about that, and I thought, I'm still a little bit jaded over that. Because <sighs> I didn't, and, and only the only, the worst thing was, it cost me a nice, a good horse, 
And that's about the only thing, it's just a bad deal. Uh, then the Lord reminded me this morning, it's so cool, or this week, that, that it wasn't all in vain, but that, that God taught me that even through my desiring to be obedient to him, even though I was messing, it really wasn't God, that he honored that because I was just trying hard. You with me? And I think that there's something to be said for just stepping out and, and trying to do something instead of just sitting back and not doing anything. And I would rather step out and do something wrong than lay back and not do anything at all. Hearing God's voice. The first thing is in knowing God's voice is knowing God's voice and knowing who he says. says, my sheep know my voice. God's voice always, always, always matches up with Scripture. If you have your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. It says, for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver. He does not waver between yes and no. He is the one who silenced Timothy and I preach to you. This is Paul talking. And as God's ultimate yes, he always, everybody say always. He always does what he says. Mm, that's great stuff. He always does what he says for all of God's promises. Everybody say all. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ with a resounding yes. In other words, all of God's promises throughout all of the Old Testament, through all, all of the New Testament, throughout all of the spoken word that he has given to each one of us, every time God speaks a promise to you, the answer is always yes, I will do that. When we pray in God's perfect will, the, uh, the answer is always yes. When we pray in the Spirit, in our heavenly language, when we pray in the Spirit and pray in tongues, we are praying in God's perfect will and when our spirit prays for us we always pray in God's will so we're praying God's perfect will for our lives so he's saying that every time we pray in God's perfect will through his promises that he's given us the answer is always a resounding yes and through Christ our amen which means yes ascends to God for Whose glory? For his glory. Ascends to God for all us me-centric people. Listen to us clearly. For his glory, not for my glory. This world out here, they're speaking very loudly that it really is all about you and what you want and that you can have what you want. And if you don't get what you want, then you should be offended at somebody. But I'm telling you, you are not here for your own glory. Take it from the preacher. Good preaching. God's voice always, everybody say always. Always matches scripture. God never says anything contrary to it. His spoken voice always agrees with his written voice. God will never tell you to do something that is contrary to the written word of God. And anytime God, anytime somebody tells you that God told them this because their, their situation is different. And their, their situation is special and it doesn't really align with God's word, but this is a different deal. Don't listen to them. If people tell you what to do and it's contrary to the word of God, it is not the voice of God that is speaking to you. It might be the bluebell ice cream that they ate the night before. <laughs> Second thing is, is, is that God's voice, God's voice is always reconciling. 
God's voice. You all might want to write some of these down. This is good stuff. You could actually bring a notepad to church if you wanted to. I know we got some note takers here. God's voice is always reconciling. He did not come to condemn, but to save and to reconcile. God's voice is always in favor of you reconciling relationships. Whether it's your relationship with your kids, your spouse, whoever it is, God's voice. He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved, might be reconciled to him. And that, that our debt would be reconciled because he paid the debt for our sins. We can be reconciled to God and God's voice will always want us to be reconciled with one another. If you ever hear somebody saying, well, you just need to really be mad at that person. You really need to just hate that person. I hate that. Just hate. That's not God talking. That's not God's reconciling voice. And everybody said, Amen. he always calls us back to him as he reveals uh, the things that hinder our relationship with him. We need a revelation from God that he reconciles. Thank God that he, he wants to reconcile us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should be reconciled to him. That's good stuff. The third thing is that God's voice brings clarity and peace. Anybody need any more clarity? Anybody need some more peace in your life? God's voice is always clear, and it's always peaceful, and it's always calm. Knowing God's voice. Satan, our enemy, always spreads confusion. If the voice that we're hearing causes us confusion, it's not from God. He spreads confusion, is in a hurry, and accuses and causes doubt. Satan would want to speed your world up faster and you can keep up with it. Y'all look so holy on me out there. I know y'all pretty good. I know y'all, y'all running. Run, 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 run. Hurry, 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 hurry. Get it done, get it done, get it done so you can get more stuff done. Amen. Satan wants to speed you up so fast you don't have time for God. Preacher's like, man, you need some duty devotion in the morning. Take 15 minutes out for God. Preacher, you don't know my schedule. You don't know how much I got to do. You don't know how busy I am. Why are you so busy? It's because you made yourself busy. If you don't run your own life, somebody else would just be happy to run it for you. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I hear you. I see you. I see you. <laughs> Have you ever, ever tried to buy a car and not to talk bad about the car salesmen, but sometimes, sometimes they put more pressure on you than you need to have. And they're like, man, if you don't buy this car today, it's going to be gone tomorrow. And you just got to listen, if, if, if you, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is to sleep on those bigger decisions in your life and let God talk to you uh, while you're sleeping and taking time to make those big decisions. How many ever made a big decision in a hurry because you was in a hurry, and then you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. The devil wants to mess you up, and if it's good today and it's not good tomorrow, say, thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful that I just waited on God. Because if it is God, he's going to save it for you. Unless he just tells you to do it right then, but... You know what I mean? This, is, this stuff is like, it's so important to have peace with God. There's some things in life that are no-brainers because God just like, he drops them in your lap and he's like, man, that is just like, somebody wanted to give me a brand new pickup. I'm like, well, I just got to pray about it. You don't have to pray about that. Just take the pickup. <laughs> The next thing is, is that God's voice is consistent. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think that's one of the greatest gifts in this world where there is no foundation at all. He is the same. Yeah, and, and, and see, the world out there will tell you that God has lost touch with society. That is not the, the truth. Society has lost touch with God. The society out there thinks that they run things. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, I read the end of the book, we win because God is the same yesterday, today, and the same things that were relevant back then are relevant today. He's the same. I'm grateful for that. I just brings a lot of peace to me. I can get up today knowing that God's not going to change his mind about who I am. I'm going to get into that in a minute, too. God's voice is authoritative. This is important. God's voice has authority to accomplish what he says. His word accomplishes that for which it was sent. It is life-giving. There's something to be said having authority over life because we are created in God's image. We give God authority over us when we accept him as our personal savior we say god i release my authority that i have over myself and i give it to you and then god gives us authority to act on his behalf because we belong to him we can represent him in his word i'm thankful for authority our world would be in complete chaos without authority all you have to do is look like up at portland and some of them places where they take the authority of the policeman away from him and they chaos sets in i'm thankful for authority because if our world ever needed authority god given authority we need it today thank god for authority his voice will always support his authority uh, the next one is that God's voice centers on Jesus. The, uh, the Father always centers on the Son. He said, my sheep know my voice. I know them. They follow me. So how do we hear from God? Hearing God's voice. This is really important, I think, for us to talk about briefly as we wind this down. Or maybe up. We're going to wind it down or up. I'm not sure. Hearing God's voice, there was a uh, down uh, Pastor John Osteen before he passed away. There was a lady that came up to him and she said that that a brother has spoken to her and said that the Lord was sending her to Africa. And John Osteen replied to her that she should take that guy with her so that she will know when to come back. <laughs> you. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of people that will tell you what to do, but they're not going to go with you. You better have a piece about what, if somebody else says something that God said about you, that what you're supposed to do, you better have a piece from God about it because they're not going to go with you to Africa. But if God said go to Africa, go to Africa. But don't do it just because somebody else said it and you didn't check in with God and find out if he was the one that said it. So he speaks in different different ways through different avenues. Oh. There are at least seven ways that God communicates with his to us with his will. I, w- I want to talk to you about those seven ways uh, briefly as we move forward. Uh, one of the ways is through uh, through the voice of God. God speaks to us in a still small voice. And to some, God speaks out loud. There's been different instances where God has spoken out loud to people. And I, I believe that happens. He's never spoke out loud to me. It seems as though that still small voice from the inside out that really is more loud than out loud to me when God speaks to us. And I think a lot of times God actually speaks to us when we don't recognize him speaking to us. He, whenever you're walking through, going through life and, and, and God gives you an idea about something and and then you follow through with that that idea and you think man that was just a great idea where did that idea come from if you belong to God God spoke to you whether you recognize it or not I just want to get your ears tuned in to the voice of God because I would suggest to you that God has spoke to you this past week 
Did we recognize that as God? You see, a lot of times good things happen to us because we made a good decision, we made a right decision. Then many times we in the flesh, we say, man, I'm just a lucky person. That was, that was just, I was so cool. I was so lucky. And we give all the credit to luck when it was really God blessing us with his idea. It was his voice speaking into us, but we didn't know that it was God and we think that it's us. And that is the Messiah complex where we, we want to be God, and we think that we're running our life, and we think we're all that good. I got a three-year-old grandson. He's trying to rope, and he puts the rope. He lets the rope, uh, the coil go all the, or the 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 rope go all the way to the end. He doesn't even have it in his hand. He's like, and I'm, I'm like, Jack, can I help you? No, I know how. <laughs> I know how. Three years old. Now, we can be a little bit uh, lenient with a three-year-old. But if you're 40 years old, and you're saying, I got this, and you don't got it, it might be time to pay attention. It might be time to really know that God wants to teach you how to rope. But if you don't ever <laughs> listen, God's not responsible for you staying and repeating the same problem, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and never really accomplishing what God's called us to accomplish because we don't acknowledge him. And God still speaks. The word of God, thank you. The word of God, the Bible is the primary way that God speaks to a Christian. Again, God's word tells us God's will. <clears throat> There's so many things in the word of God that speaks his will to us when we know what the word of God says on different subjects, not, maybe not specifically mentioned, but it lays down principles that we can understand so we can understand what God's will for us is. The more we know about God and his ways by reading the Bible, the easier it is to correlate his will in other areas of our lives. The scripture says uh, to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman. That means that we're doing something, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. A lot of times we have shame in our life because we messed up. Because we didn't know really what God's will was and we just kind of did things because we're just doing things, just going through life. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed when we rightly divide the word of God, then we will understand what the will of God is through the word of God. And, and there, there are certain biblical foundational principles that we can all live by where we don't ever have to wonder what God is saying to us about specific situations, about so many different things. Loving your neighbor, taking care of your neighbor, not sinning by being angry and taking care of life. There's so many things in there that it, it, it's just, it's pretty cut and dried. But if we don't know what it says, then that shame and God, listen, <clears throat> today if you've come to church and you have shame in your life, that is because of the way you lived your life, maybe the past week or maybe all your life you lived. God wants to take away that shame because that is not God's plan. And God speaking through me right now to tell you that you can leave your shame at the altar today. You can leave your shame and you can walk out of these doors a new person because you've been accepted by the king of kings and the lord of lords and all of the shame is gone because you have repented means you've turned from that way of not listening to god and god's plan is not to bring shame but to bring life to you eternal life and to bring peace and joy and happiness and gladness maybe not all happiness because happiness is an emotion that comes and goes and our world is ate up. Well, I just want to be happy. I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. Well, it's not, that's, uh, that's not reality. Sometimes you got to work before you can have fun. Because if you don't work, generally you don't eat. Unless, unless, you, unless you got our governments <laughs> trying to take over what the church ought to be doing. 
That's a whole new sermon. <laughs> so the word of God. Uh, another way that God speaks is through the advice of solid spiritual leaders and friends. Uh, be careful what friends you listen to, though, right? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. If we don't know what the Bible says, what the Word of God says, we really won't know how to judge whether uh, we should listen to somebody or not. You can always tell. Uh, we, we should. The, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit is the gift of discernment where we can discern whether that person is speaking what God would have them speak to us or not or whether they're just wanting to be controlling in our lives and tell us what to do. There's a lot of controlling Christians that mean good, but they're, they just, uh, uh, oh, goodness, too much sugar. Another way we hear from God is through our circumstances. Uh, often the providential hand orders our lives in such a way that we come to a crossroad or have a need, and the answer arrives at the same time. Uh, I'll say this, circumstances, however, must be prayed about because they can be misleading. You see, we, us Christian people, we got these little terms. Well, God opened the door. You know, God opened the door for me. Uh, well, we need to pay attention to that it, and know it was God that opened that door, not Satan that opened that door for us or somebody else. But because not every door that is open for us is a door that God opened. It may be the enemy putting up barriers that need to be broken through in our lives. Someone said, you, don't, you do not discover the future, you create it with choices and actions that you take today. You don't discover the future. See, it, it, God's not called us to be like back in the 60s, like the, the old hippies. It's just like wandering around behind the little animals. You heard that song about the guy that, he, oh, never mind. It's just like, it's just like, we don't discover the future just by living our lives. Oh, well, we must be doing. No, we create the future by the choices that we make today. Your future is created by the choices that you, you make, not, be, not from just discovering what, what everybody else thinks you ought to be doing. You, dis, you, you create the future by every choice that you make, and the choice you made today is to come and try to hear something from the Word of God so that you would know God better, so that you could hear from God better, so that you could follow Him and you could have more Peace from God. So that's a choice that you made. You made a choice to accept him as your personal savior. You made a choice to follow him. You made a choice to turn from the evil of this world. You made a choice not to listen to the voices of the, the world that will bombard inside of And we all have the voices of the world really want to take over our lives. But we make choices every day. And that is what makes your future. It's not something that just happens by uh, uh, eating oatmeal. When we was at the racetrack, uh, that, uh, before we moved to Montgomery, we was at the racetrack at Sam Houston Race Park, and uh, they had a Bible study going on up here at, uh, in Conroe. Bill Garrett and some other guys was doing a uh, Bible study up here. We came up and did the Bible study, and I, and I said, man, I'd like to be a part of that. And so we moved, it just, we felt like there, that this area up here, there wasn't all the churches and everything that there is today here. And we felt that, that the Holy Spirit really wanted to, to, uh, to serve this area. And so we came up here, made a, uh, there was about 20 people. They had an old West Town scene. We do church there. And then the old community center, we would do church services in that old community center. And there was about 20 people there. And we felt like God called us up here to full-time. We were still at the racetrack, and we told him, we're going to start this work here in Montgomery, and we're going to see where God takes us. We rolled out the vision. We wrote, Darla and I wrote the vision down. We felt like God spoke to us about the vision. Uh, contrary to that, 
uh, I had been rodeoing before that too, and a friend of mine named Alan Bach, he's a three-time world champion team roper, and we had a vision to maybe do a youth camp one day and to find a place and, and have, we could have roping camps there. And, just, and uh, so he calls me up that the week after we committed to 20 people, we were going to come to Montgomery. And he said, I found a place where we can do this roping camp. And, and uh, I, want, I think it would be great if you and daughter just move up here and we'll just, we'll just get this thing going. I'm like, And at first, I was disappointed because I had made the commitment here. And I didn't know what to do. And the, the truth is, is that I could have said to the 20 people, uh, never mind, i just teasing. <laughs> or I could have told Alan, well, this, this is honestly, this is where we need to be. And so that's what I did. In uh, hindsight, what, 23 years later, we know, we know that this was the deal. But if I would have not done this, that might have, you know, I'm just thankful that I didn't know what would happen, but I had been taught to be a man of my word. And honestly, that's the biggest thing that stepped into God's will for my life at that point in time was that I needed to be a man of my word. And, and Darla, and so we, we said, we just need to stay here in Montgomery. And so look, now what's happened, we know that this was in God's complete, and, and Alan's come down and helped us do rodeo Bible camps and different things. So it's all, it's all a part of God's plan, but it's important that we don't let our circumstances uh, mess up God's plan for our lives. So it's just important. Uh, pay attention. Uh, the fifth thing is the welfare of others. Who will this decision affect? Did you know that most, if most decisions that we make in life affect other people around us? God's love for others is always consistent with his spoken word. People's are still God's greatest treasure. God, God will not ever tell you to go beat somebody up just because they mess you or mess you around. <laughs> He's not going to tell you to to not to be a godly person to somebody because they're being ungodly. Somebody needs to hear that. I know today, but I'm not going to say who. You just, you just like wear that T-shirt if you want to. But it, it's true. Other people out in this world are going to mess you around. Everybody in this room has been messed around by other people. But that doesn't give us the excuse to mess other people around. We're, we're, we're bigger people than that. That's what Jesus did, by the way. He cares. Uh, if one person makes a bad decision, it may affect many other people adversely. You know, there's so many. This is, this is hearing the voice of God when it comes to relationships and marriages and, 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 and raising our kids and, and kids with your parents. Be careful about the decisions you make, how you treat your parents, because that adverse decision to treat your parents dishonorably will not do well with God's blessings on your life. Because it said, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you kids. And that goes for grown kids too. <laughs> that it might go well with you. So, so if God, if, if you feel like God's telling you to do something that is not honoring of his word, it's not God. Oh, it's, and it's such a, I think the enemy really tries to, to bring, to, to tear apart marriages these days and par tear children from their parents and tear, tear parents from their children. And if we're not careful, our world is ate up with offenses. And, and there's a lot of people, and it's bled over into the church that uh, we've, had, we've had people 
uh, I'm not going to get into it, but people get offended pretty easy these days. And, and I'll just say this to you. You don't have to participate in the offensiveness of this world. Make a choice not to be offended. Be unoffendable. Period. Oh, here it is. First Corinthians 8, 9. It says, but you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. Be careful what you do around people that you don't cause other people that, that are weaker than you to stumble. That's talking about our own kids. It's talking about people that we have relationships with that, that are, are vulnerable to certain things, certain sins in their lives. And, and if you do what they are vulnerable to, then you encourage them to, be, uh, to stumble. We can't, we can't be a part of that. Uh, Anything God calls sin is ultimately bad for us and inevitably affects other people. This past week, we were just, we were driving, Darla was driving, I think we were on um, um, 105, and uh, I don't remember how fast she was driving, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> we'll say. And, and just as we was driving, there is a car coming up, and it it came over into our lane. Half of that car came into our lane, and we was on 105. And uh, I said, Darla, watch out. And I'm telling you, that's how wrecks happen, that people get distracted uh, just by texting and driving. And sometimes texting and driving is just as bad as being drunk and driving. And, and sad to say, grievingly, I say that we've we've had funerals here of of young people that have texted and while they were driving, and it, it breaks our heart. But the choices that you make every day can affect your future tremendously. Let's be careful to pay attention in the choices and the decisions that we make every day. We can hear the voice through examples of others. Will what I do lead others into the will of God, closer to God, or will it set a bad example for other people? The last thing is this, is this action redemptive? Do we have eternity in mind with every decision? Because with God, we believe that with God, every decision and everything that he says in his word and, and he speaks to his churches is that he has eternity because he wants to spend eternity with you. And so he has eternity in mind when he talks to you always. And so if we could get eternity in, into our mind when we talk to other people, we can get eternity into our mind whenever we make certain decisions in life. Re realize that, that a thousand years is as one day with God. And we think it's all important right now, but let's keep eternity in mind. So important. Why are we so desperate for God's voice? It's a good question. I think it's important we understand who our identity is. You remember back in Genesis, it says that we were made in the image of God. And what's interesting today is that, that there are so many voices from our world trying to re-identify who we are. And they want to re-identify who they are, and then they want us to become a part and to believe in this re-identification process. And the sad part about it is, is that the scripture says that we were made in God's image. That is our identity. Our identity is that we were made in God's image, but our culture and our lives today have been degraded to a point where we find our identity through our sex. I'm not identified by my sex. I'm identified by God's grace and by his image and by who he says I am. I will not be reduced to living the life by what somebody else feels like they are or 
who they say I am. My identity is in the image of God. What am I talking about? Back in Genesis chapter 2, you, re, you remember this. It says that uh, God had not caused it to rain because he had no one to cultivate the ground. In other words, he had nobody to manage the world. We were created by God to take care of this world and to manage this world. What happened? The critical thinking of Adam and Eve became influenced by the serpent when the serpent came and brought doubt to what God said. Does that sound familiar to you? He brought doubt to what God said. And by bringing doubt to what God said, they bought into the word of the serpent and it gained precedence, precedence over what God said. God said, don't eat of the fruit of the tree. Satan said, eat of the tree. They had to make up their mind. How are they going to manage their lives? Well, I think I'm going to manage my life because I'm going to eat of that tree. And, and what we call that, we call that, that the Messiah complex where I can be God because that's what the serpent said. You eat of that tree, you'll be as God. That's what the Mormons teach, by the way, that, that if you do all these things, that you'll have your own world to rule over. And as you are today, you will be, as, as, as God is, as man is, God once was, God used to be a man, and then this man did everything right, and he became a God over his own world, and that you can become God if you just eat of this tree, and you do everything right, you can be God. And it sounds pretty inviting, doesn't it, that you get to be God over your own world. The only problem was, is, is that that's not what God said. Yeah. But it's a deceptive thing that buys into the flesh if the world you and I have been put in, we live in the flesh. But we have to walk in the spirit. Whatever you mismanage in your own personal life, you will lose. Adam and Eve lost the Garden of Eden because they mismanaged what God had given them. I don't know if anybody knows it here, but Shark Week's on. Shark Week. It's Shark Week. You, you like that? My wife loves it. Darla, she, I don't know where she's at. Oh, she's over to digging deep. I'll talk about her. She loves Shark Week. I tolerate it. But everybody wants to save the sharks. You know, first of all, for a long time, they saved the whales. Now we got to save the sharks. Save the, well, what about the poor seals? Did anybody care about the seal? I don't hear nobody say save the seals. We don't have seal week. So this world tells us what to save. Y'all stay with me here. This world, this world tells you what to manage, what to mismanage. It tells you how to live your life. It tells you what's important. I, I, I read on, the, on, on Facebook today or, or this past week that, that dogs actually have souls, they're, that our pets have souls, that, that, and we need to take care of them. And, and they're like, you can't go on vacation if you don't take your dog with you because it's got a soul. And I'm like, Man. And I mean, then you read, scroll down through there, and you're like, oh, amen, that's right. That's exactly right. That's right. I'm like, I want to get on there. That's stupid. <laughs> you know why? I disagree. There's nowhere in the Bible that says dog. I mean, in Asia, they eat dogs. <laughs> but that's their truth over there. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, our truth over here is that they got souls. And it's not, none of it's true at all, except maybe, maybe Asia got it right because it does say that we can manage these animals, and it does say kill and eat. He said kill them and eat them. If you want to eat them, go ahead. 
But see, that really, some of y'all, some of, some of you, some of y'all here today, and maybe some of y'all watching online, you got little baby dogs and you're like, well, preacher, you had me till that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check out. Check it out. Listen, we have to figure out what God says. And we can't add to it, and we can't take away from it. Amen. Somebody asked me one time, they said, do horses go to heaven? I'm like, not all of them for sure. <laughs> I've had some stupid horses. But then you go off, you get into things, you know. You, you know what I'm saying. The, the, the point is, is that it's so valuable for us to hear what God says to us. And if we're not careful, we'll be making up things along the way. And along the way, if we say it long enough, it becomes true to us. And then we say these words, well, for me, for me, for me. I'm, I, I'm so sick of hearing for me. I want to hear for God. For God. What, what is God saying here? Because that's the foundation. Our foundation is not a foundation at all. Jesus is a foundation. God's word is a foundation. And he will always tell us the truth, no matter whether, we're, whether we agree or we don't agree. And, and, and see, my point is, is that we need to manage our lives in a way that pleases God. And when we do that, when we do that, we are at peace because we know that God is in control because we have given him control. I hear people all the time, they say, well, God's in control. I'm going to tell you something. God is not in control of you unless you let him be in control of you. He's not in control of you. Don't say God's in control if you don't give him control. I can't believe that. Well, we're in control of our lives. We, we, we are a direct product of what we manage and how we manage our lives. And God has given us the ability not to discover our destiny, but to make our destiny by the choices that we make each and every day. And as for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your word today. Minister, oh God, to us. Convict us, Lord, in areas where we, have, where we don't understand. Convict me in areas that I don't understand, oh God. I realize that I don't have it all figured out. We, none of us have it all figured out, but we know that you have it all figured out. So, Lord, help us to manage what we do know, oh, God. Help us to manage what you have blessed us with and to honor you with that. And I thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest gift that you can give to yourself is the gift of a relationship with the God that created you. The only way that we know that is, is that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so if you've, what that's saying is, is, that, is that we don't get to heaven by being good. We get to heaven by accepting Jesus because he's the way, the truth, and the life. So we have to go through Jesus, and he's given us that opportunity through his sacrifice so we can come into his presence this morning, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I need God's word in my life. I need his presence in my life on a day-to-day -day basis, and I need to accept him as my personal Savior. Anybody, slip your hand up high. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody, Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus. I need him in my heart and in my life. Anybody, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please?
I always want to say this too. All of these sermons that we preach are, are put online, and if there's some things on there that that you you want to go back and listen to, feel free to do that. And uh, I wanted to say this too. Like during church, if if you feel uh, during the worship time, if you want to come down and spend some time at the altars, or or even like after or before church, if you want to spend some time at the altar, feel free. Listen, this is this is. This church is here to worship God. And, and we want you to feel a freedom to, uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but we're not real formal. Because <laughs> we, we kind of like it that way. We kind of think that, we kind of have this feeling by reading the Bible that Jesus wasn't real formal either. Uh, all the formal people got offended by him, <laughs> honestly. And so, listen, this, this thing is here for you and for, for your spiritual growth. And we have a staff that's just here to serve you as well. And we're here to just bless you and help you to get to heaven because that's the eternal side of our, our, what we prioritize around here. If you'd like to do a better job of hearing from God and really paying closer attention to God, would you raise both hands and let me pray for you? So, Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for today. Thank you for your blessings. We're so grateful uh, that you are here. And I thank you, Lord, for everybody, Lord, at whatever stage of life that they're in, even for those that may not have ever accepted you as their personal Savior. Lord, bless them today. Just help them to know how much you love them. I thank you, Lord, for uh, the people that have been uh, following you for a long time, oh God. Lord, continue to teach us. Help us to be humble, teachable people. Give us ears to hear, oh God, and Lord, help us to be diligent with our time to invest in your kingdom and, and, and to understand that the image that we were created in is the image that you want us to protect and help us to be bearers of the cross, Lord, regardless of, of whether it's accepted by the world or not. That's not our, our deal. Our deal is to take authority where you've given it and to be faithful to your word. So I pray your blessings upon your church as we go out into this world today. May we be great representatives of you as we hear your word. Help us to walk in it and to be able to do what you've asked us to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... I love y'all. God bless you. You'll go out there and, and uh, get them. We got a prayer team up here.